There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. Today we're going to talk about our need for endurance in the season that we're living in. You know, Kimberly, every day you wake up and there's craziness going on all around us. To be honest, it's different than any time I've ever known. And uh, been a, been alive quite a while. And um, every day there's something new going on. There's so much going on in the news and now we're using this whole term that has to do with fake news so you don't even know who to believe anymore. And most of what is on mainstream with what they're reporting just fills the whole atmosphere with fear. And we're living in an hour that those of us that are called Christians, you know, and love God, that we're facing hatred, a hatred of the values that um, we hold on to. You know, we need to ask the question, you know, what, what is our position in the midst of this chaos? Well, we got to be firm in our trust in God. We know that God loves people and therefore so must we. We know there are battles not against uh, flesh and blood, but then around us we recognize that that spiritual battle reveals itself in flesh and blood. So what is our position in the midst of all of this chaos? Well, one of the things that we see in Scripture is our position needs to be one of endurance. We want to see that endurance is a supernatural gift to us. Lots of times we'll talk about things, whether it's endurance or whether it's patience or even repentance, and we think it's something we got to work up in our lives, not realizing it, we can't do that. It's something that God then gives us, so it's a gift to us. So God made it clear in His Scripture over and over and over that He reveals His strength in our weakness, and so we, we see weakness then as something that we freely admit. We confess that weakness. Once we admit it and we see it, then we can watch God come and by His strength begin to work His strength in our lives. So the attribute of His strength that we're going to look at today is endurance and discover that it really is a key to supernatural life. You know, the first passage that comes to mind is 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7, and I'm going to read that. Uh, love suffers long and is kind, and love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You know, so some key words in this passage, uh, first one where it starts out, love suffers long and is kind. That word suffers means to patiently endure and not to lose heart, uh, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. And then love does not envy is the second part of that verse four. And in envy there, it means to be heated or to boil with envy, hatred, or anger. So we recognize in this verse, and we're all familiar with it, we won't go through every part of what it says. I mean, Scripture itself says then what cast out fear. Well, love, perfect love cast out fear. So in this time of, of the atmosphere of fear all around us, 
We've got to carry that substance of love. We've got to let God work it through us. We've got to let it work it through us to where we can begin to see through the eyes of love. It says we don't repay evil with evil. And so we're in the midst of that kind of battle. And so this kind of love, again, is a love that comes from God. It's not something we can work out ourselves. But it says this kind of, in love, this kind of love endures all things. So we make sure with this message today that we see the importance of love, we see the power of love, and that we recognize that love itself is a substance that then flows out of us into the atmosphere around us, then it's going to have a definite effect upon what comes out of our mouth. And so we're not going to find ourselves falling into the hatred that's being pointed at us. Another verse that we're familiar with is in Matthew 10, 22, and Jesus says, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. He even says brother against brother, family against family. And then he says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. So here we are with the need for perseverance, recognizing that in this hour we see it. There's opposing opinions in the church. There's opposing opinions in our family, and we recognize in that there's got to be love, but there also has to be endurance. So in this passage where it says, but he who endures to the end will be saved, let's talk about two key words in that. Uh, the first one is endures. That means to preserve under misfortunes and trials, to hold fast to one's faith in Christ, to endure, bear bravely and calmly, uh, ill treatments. And then it says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Saved means to save, keep sound and safe, to rescue from danger or destruction, to keep one from injury or peril, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue. So we recognize here that this gift of endurance then becomes like a protective canopy to us. It puts us in a safe place. And um, a passage that comes to my mind is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And this is where Paul is, is talking to Timothy. He's talking to him as a son. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on in verse 3, and he says to Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So we know that we've been enlisted by Christ. And so he talks about soldier, and then he talks about an athlete, and then he talks about a farmer. And uh, if you go on down to verse 10, then he says this, For this reason I, Paul, endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. So we see then this gift of endurance is given to us so that as we find ourselves positioning, standing in that endurance, then it's going to open the door for all kinds of people around us. So again, with all that we're going through, if the love is there, the substance of love is there, this what we call um, a canopy of endurance is operating in our lives, it becomes like a welcoming to those around us. 
that are filled with hatred, filled with fear, but with these things going on in us, then rather than being um, put off by us, they'll be drawn to us. So we find that many people refuse the process that revealed the purpose of life. And in this passage, Paul endured all things for a purpose way beyond himself. He understood that his endurance allowed others to obtain salvation, and that was in Christ with eternal glory. Endurance, it's a divine attribute, and endurance reveals the love of God being released through us. Salvation is a manifestation of a divine life in the now, not an outcome in the end. Our apostolic calling as disciples, it's to endure hardship and suffer to become a soldier of the cause of Christ. And your destiny is not about you, it's about others. Your destiny is about all of those you are here to impact. Paul continues this same message as he goes into Philippians. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul has this position. He walks in this place of endurance and in perseverance, and the people around him are watching it. And then rather than it creating fear in those people, no, it causes a faith to rise up in them. It causes a boldness to rise up in them because they recognize, now, wait a minute, even in, in chains, you can't stop the power of the kingdom. And so they see this operation. And again, for Paul, you think about for us, when we're going through things that are very, very difficult, if we just have our focus upon ourselves it weakens us in terms of being able to press through. But when we understand what we're going through has to do with the people around us, it has to do with our family, it has to do with our children, it has to do with our fellowship, it has to do with all those that God's put in our particular place of influence, then we recognize those people are watching us then God will take endurance to empower us that we say, no, I'm going to let Christ take me through to the end because of, the, of how it's going to affect those around me. So let's continue in Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 21 to 26. And Paul says this, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. So we see Paul basically reiterating the same thing again that he recognizes, hey, I, you know, go be with Jesus, that's going to be great. But his, he knew his destiny was about the people around him. So he says, nope, I'm going to hang around because I recognize that my life with your life, that our lives together, then calls the glory of the sun, the power of the sun to be seen. 
So another one is in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What a crazy thing to say. Glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, which is steadfast endurance. And then steadfast endurance is going to produce character, and character is going to produce hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by Holy Spirit who was given to us. We're living in a time where there is a great need for hope. So we see if, if hope is going to show itself, there has to be perseverance. There has to be endurance. So true. Now God has ordained perseverance as the vehicle of his grace on the natural plane. And hope comes as a result of the character developed in times of trial and testing. And oh, as Christians, how we hate to go through that trial and testing. But the fruit afterwards is just absolutely amazing. And we discover who we really are in difficult times, don't we? Uh, God's nature is best demonstrated when we face trials. And this is when the glory of God rests upon us. So being trained in endurance, it will establish the kingdom of God in us. And once we conclude that we have the power to overcome all things through God who strengthens us, we are partaking of his divine power. So one other passage I want to bring up, and that's in James chapter 1, 2 to 4. Again, I'm sure our listeners are familiar with this. And one, it's again one of those verses that you want to say, are you kidding me? But he says, James says, my brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Again, that word here, patience, means steadfast endurance. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So there's plenty of scriptures that we brought to you today that you recognize that then endurance is a supernatural gift to us and we want to just say yes to god in allowing endurance to work in us i want to share a story about how i learned about endurance and that was through the lord taking me through an illness that could have been very well debilitating and caused my life to just be over and really taught me how to persevere and how to press in uh, at the age of 30, all of a sudden I found that my eyesight was diminishing in my left eye and I was really, really tired and ended up in a neuro-ophthalmologist's office getting diagnosed with multiple sclerosis or MS. And it was a debilitating diagnosis to get because the disease, it starts really deteriorating your nerves in your brain and starts to cause misfiring to happen. So your body begins to break down. It begins to have problems with walking, with speech, with sight. And literally, I was looking at being totally homebound or in a nursing home by the time I was the age I am now. And so I really had to press into the Lord during that time and realized that he had more for me than to be in a nursing home bed for most of my life. So I began to really seek him in the midst of it. He had called me to ministry about a year earlier and I knew that I had this call and it was to preach and, and at the time I was a worship leader, but I knew it was to also sing. 
And so I was pressing into him and I said, okay, Lord, what do I need to do to really see the manifestation of healing in my body? Going back to that passage in Romans 5, 3 to 5, you know, it says we also glory in tribulations. So, you know, here I was, I was a fairly new spirit-filled believer about a year and a half into it. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, I have a tribulation here. I need to glory in it and I need to learn how to apply this principle. So what I did was every time I had to go to the doctor, every time I had to get in the MRI machine, every time I received a report from the neurologist, I took that as an opportunity to glory in the tribulation. I would have to go get IV steroids every one to two months for three to five days, day after day, going in there, sitting with a bag of steroids being put in my arm. And I learned to, to persevere through that time by witnessing to the nurses that were there and really ended up befriending the nursing staff while I was in that MRI treatment center quite often and developed friendships and saw prayers answered and really had interesting things happen even to the point where they wrote off my entire debt for all of my medical bills about three years into it because they loved me so much they just were like hey let's write it off and we're talking that's like ten thousand dollars that they wrote off but in the middle of it you know I had to decide what I had energy for and I really have the attitude that if I'm going to do something, it's going to be because the Lord gave me the energy for it. And this is where endurance began to build in me, that perseverance, that steadfast endurance. It just became the determining force in my life to keep me going. Now, with that, it also developed character in me as well. Uh, I have to admit I was major type A personality, still am, but have learned how to temper that because it ruled me so much that I would stay up all night till stuff was done. I would take on everything that I possibly could and I was the only one that could accomplish it. And I was really killing myself by this flaw in my personality trait. And the Lord began to work that out during those years that I was struggling with the multiple sclerosis. You know, the other thing, character then, after that develops, we ended up in a place of hope. So during this time, and it was about a period of three and a half years that I was really struggling with all the physical issues and going in and getting the MRIs and the treatments, it was during this time that the Lord gave me a vision of me standing on a stage preaching. And I was dressed in a nice suit, and at that time, really, I was just a, a backup singer. I led worship in small groups, but I wasn't really getting up and doing anything as far as public ministry yet, but I had that vision that the Lord gave me, and it was so profound that I decided that that's my future, not the future of what the doctors and nurses were saying. So I had hope, and I kept pressing into that. So fast forward to the end of the three and a half years, and I had been in every single prayer line that I could possibly be in. I fasted. I did everything that I was told I needed to do. I forgave myself for uh, judgments I had against myself, went through all of these different things, went through deliverance ministry, all of that, but still had the disease. And I finally got to the point with the Lord. I said, okay, Lord, I need to know if this is a physical problem that I have going on or if this is a demonic issue that's causing this illness. And he answered me this way. I was at church one Sunday morning and I had one of my grandsons with me and the pastor had called and asked for the kids to come up for prayer. 
So Brandon at the time was living with me and I went and I grabbed him and I said, okay, let's take him up to the altar for prayer. Well, a few days earlier, I was having issues with my vision again. So I was having another MS flare up. I was seeing double. The church staff all knew it because I worked there. And I took Brandon up and pastor knew that I had that issue. And so when she prayed for him, she laid hands on me. I got totally slammed with the Holy Spirit. It overtook me. And when I opened my eyes, all of a sudden I couldn't see. It was probably like how Paul was when he saw everything blurry. Men were like trees. He couldn't really tell what was going on. So I worked my way back to my seat and I was sitting next to one of my friends who happened to be a nurse. And she looked at me and she said, you're pale as a, a ghost. What's going on? And I said, I can't see. And so I knew at that point it was demonic with what I was dealing with. So I'm like, okay, I'm going through something of a deliverance thing, but the service was continuing and I chose to just sit there during the service. And honestly, I'm freaking out a little bit because I drove myself to church, you know, my keyboard's up there. I need to go get it. And I'm thinking, I can't even see how am I going to drive myself home? You know, th those things are running through my head. Well, my vision came back by the end of the service and I back, went back up to pastor and I told her what happened. And she said, let me pray for you. And she goes, that's right. Jesus prayed for the blind man twice. And she laid hands on my head. Power of God hit me again. And when it was over, it was over. I had had an MRI scheduled the next week. And when I went in for that MRI and got the results, there were absolutely no scars on my brain. And I had had five scars that had been there those whole three and a half years. And my doctor that I had, who was not a believer, looked at the MRI and he goes, yeah, if I didn't know where those scars were, you know, I wouldn't even seen them on this MRI. And I looked at the MRI. I was very familiar with what my brain looked like at this point. And I said, there are no scars there. Goodbye. <laughs> and I left that, that treatment and have been healed ever since. And the hope, the hope that developed from enduring, from persevering, from, uh, you know, letting the Lord develop character in that, really pressed me into where I am today. And because he did that for me, it developed this faith in me, this understanding, this trust in the Lord that can't be shaken no matter what comes my way. I want to share with those of you on the podcast today that are struggling. Some of you are in situations that seem hopeless. And what we want to do is encourage you to change the lenses of how you're looking at the situation. In the midst of the trial that you're in, give God the glory in the midst of it and don't give the enemy the credit that he so wants to have. He loves to be glorified and when we focus on everything that's going wrong, we give him glory than rather giving the Lord glory. If you're going to the doctor's office, maybe you have a chronic disease and over and over again you're having to go get treatments or you're having to see the doctor or pick up prescriptions, Take that as an opportunity to spread the gospel, because guess what? It really ticks the enemy off. And eventually, he'll back off, because he doesn't like when God gets the glory. So a powerful testimony. And we've enjoyed sharing with you today about just the gift of endurance, of perseverance. And listening to Kimberly's testimony, you recognize you can't put a time frame on those kinds of things. Is station yourself 
and watch that endurance even produce character, but also opens the door for hope, which then faith comes forth. Mm -hmm. And that faith comes forth and God loves responding to those things. So once again, we just thank you so much for being with us today as we could share these things with you. So thank you for tuning in to Occupying Force. You can learn more about our ministry at occupyingforce.org. And don't forget to subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, go ahead and sign up. And we do encourage you to visit the site. Be blessed.